0: Welcome to Broken Catholic, the number one Catholic voice in America. On this show, I talk about the important things that no one else is talking about, like why the world isn't working right now. The Protestant Reformation is over. Christians now have more commonalities than differences, yet evil is spreading and the enemy is winning because we're still fighting each other over self-righteous labels and high-level theology. If you disagree with me, then you're part of the problem. Listen. As Christians, we're all baptized into God's family. We all want heaven, and we all struggle with the same human brokenness. United we stand, divided we fall, it's that simple. I'm your host, your coach, your friend, Joseph Warren. I'm also a broken Catholic and former atheist who was almost murdered twice. But God spared me because he had a higher purpose for my life. My mission is to unify Christians everywhere. This show was created for you, the person who wants to be accepted and loved and reminded that God has a higher purpose for your life. Let's get started. Today, our featured guest is Monsignor David Toops. And Monsignor David Toops is not only the rector of St. Vincent de Paul uh, Seminary here in uh, Boynton Beach, Florida, but he's also a personal friend of mine. And I wanted to bring him on the show because I ran into Monsignor Toops less than a month ago, I would say. Mm And he was giving a talk to young Catholics and I loved what he did. He came out, drove about three and a half hours, I want to say to Tampa and spent his time which doesn't come easy or free nowadays with his schedule, and spent his time speaking to about 20 young adults about... By the way, my time does
1: come for free, just so
0: you know. Got it, got it, got it. So, uh, you know, he spent his time speaking with young adults about what's going on in the church right now, and not the good stuff. He spoke about some of the ugly, the mess, right? The scandals, the the pedophilia, the, the things going on in Pennsylvania that The media is just blowing up everywhere and he took it head on. And this is what I love about Monsignor Tubes is that he is not afraid of the fear. He's not afraid to walk into the darkness and to bring the light. And this is what we're called to do as Catholics. So this is why I brought him on the show is to speak right to this because maybe right now you're wrestling with what happened in in your church, that you're a part of the body of Christ and some of your fellow brothers have created scandal and they have hurt innocent kids and they've, they've broken trust. And that has broken and put a rift in the body of Christ. And all is not lost, right? So we're going to speak about that today. We're going to get into that mess and we're going to bring God right into it. And we're going to ask God to heal that pain that's inside of you. And most importantly, what do you do with the pain? What do you do with that anger that is a righteous anger? I know some of my friends, they're wrestling with this. And they're like, Joseph, I want to leave the church. I don't know what to do. I want to hit something. I want to hurt somebody. I can't believe someone would do this to children. What do I do with that? So that's what we're going to speak about today. So Monsignor Tubes, thanks for joining me today. And I'm going to ask you just to jump in, fill in some of the background, um, just a little bit about your bio, your history, and bring us up to speed, and then we'll get into a little bit of your faith journey, and then we'll get into today's topic. Welcome great. to the show.
1: Thanks, Joseph. It's great to be with you, indeed. Joseph Warren has been a, a friend for many years. Was a parishioner of mine when I was pastor in Tampa. Uh, for those that don't know me, I'm a priest of 21 years for the Diocese of St. Petersburg. Uh, so that means I entered the seminary uh, 28 years ago. So I've been doing this. Uh, a long time. Uh, I know I don't look that old, and, but I started at 20. So the, the years add up. It, it, so it's a, it's a pleasure and a gift to be an ordained minister of Jesus Christ and to be a Catholic that goes back 2,000 years to the time of Christ himself. Uh, it is certainly not a, a perfect church. Uh, your, the title of your program, Joseph, is Perfect Broken Catholic uh, we are vessels of clay. You know, that's an image mm. that St. Paul uses in the scriptures is that each of us, you know, are, are broken vessels, clay vessels. Uh, I think of the, the original apostles, and it, it brings me comfort sometimes because I, I know my own sinfulness and weakness and the reality that I'm not perfect. And, and, you know, Jesus says, be perfected as your heavenly father is perfect. That means it's a life long process it's a lifelong Mm. journey of conversion and i always find myself in great company when i reflect upon the apostles those were the first priests those were the first persons that jesus called uh not the greatest group of resumes you ever saw uh they all fled the cross except for john Uh, judas betrayed him sold him out for 30 pieces of silver Peter, the rock, denied him three times. Um, so from the very beginning, he chose weak instruments, clay mm. vessels, cracked pots at time. Now, that doesn't excuse criminal behavior. Uh, and I think that's the issue, Joseph, that you and I uh, don't want to shy away from. You know, we're, we're talking about uh, a call of what it is to be a catholic priest what it is to be a christian in today's world and that certainly uh is not a life of immoral and criminal behavior i was sitting next to uh, a retired auxiliary bishop uh, the day after the pennsylvania grand jury report came out and, you know this is an old retired bishop who's who's seen it all and you know so many of our bishops good men come from a culture that, that we can't even imagine. And, and they can't even imagine the culture we live in today.
0: Mm.
1: And he said, oh, he says, David, when are they going to start picking on the Boy Scouts and the Coaches Association and public schools? You know, their numbers are bigger than ours. I said, Bishop, that may be true. But until they, until they start declaring that they possess the fullness of the truth, and that they represent God himself, we should be the targets.
0: So there's a higher standard for us.
1: There's a much higher standard. In fact, the reading of yesterday's mass was, uh, live a life worthy of your calling. Hmm. You know, St. Paul speaking to the Ephesians. Now, that's obviously the calling of every man, woman, child who follows Jesus Christ, but... If you want to focus in a particular way on the the priestly calling, the vocation, gosh, we have to live a life worthy of the calling as public ministers uh, of Jesus Christ. So incredibly important. Now, for those, again, that don't know me, my my job now uh, is to be the rector of the major seminary. So I'm in charge of training the graduate school for the entire southeastern United States. It's Florida, Georgia, South Carolina. Very blessed with 110 uh, men who are laying down their lives, discerning God's call, uh, the call specifically to priesthood. So you might imagine that my men, I'm looking out over the campus here from my office, that these men, as we hear the reports of what priests have done, you can imagine our hearts, like most of the faithful, Uh, feeling betrayed, feeling deep sorrow, feeling extraordinary sadness, being embarrassed of these sins, crimes, uh, our hearts broken for victims. Uh, Those are all very real emotions that I think all of us should be having, are having, and shouldn't be afraid of discussing. Uh, That's one of the biggest things I've done since this all started three months ago is making sure uh, that our seminarians, our men studying for priesthood, are not afraid to talk about this. Let's, everything has to be out in the open. We have to be transparent with our feelings, thoughts, emotions so that, and here's the point that Joseph, that you really want me to make is so that we're bringing our broken hearts, broken Catholics, into the wounded side of Christ, into mm. the broken heart of Jesus because only there can we find the healing, the peace, the comfort that we need. Even with those feelings remaining, if I don't relate them to Christ, I'm going to just simply become bittered, embittered and uh, soured on faith, soured on uh, the church that Jesus instituted 2,000 years ago. And when we bring it to Christ, he puts it in order. And then he gives us marching orders uh, I think that's all the of part
0: us, we don't want.
1: That's the part we don't want. But you know what? I would say this for our, our seminarians here at St. Vincent de Paul down in Boynton beach, our men, again, all of those feelings and emotions I've already mentioned, but in addition, it's really a call to arms. Uh, yeah. It's a call to be energized for the mission. I think for the most part, my seminarians say, that's not the church, and that's not the priesthood, and we're called to be game changers mm-hmm. uh, because we have felt the call. And And I think it's so important for all of us while never neglecting or avoiding the tough issues, and that specifically being that there are victims out there who have been grievously hurt. There has been a failure in... Uh, leadership that hasn't had the best interests of the people of God in mind at different points in our history. All that being said, we cannot, because the evil one wins, if we say that's the church or that's the priesthood. You cannot let four to six percent of men in any profession define that profession. Uh, because you're neglecting the 96% faithful people who are out there striving on a daily basis to serve the Lord.
0: Now, Monsignor Tubes, that's easy to say and difficult to hear. Mm-hmm. And here's why it's difficult to hear. Because the media is blowing it out. And making the 6% look like the 96%. Of course, of course. Right? And that's what I'm getting fed with, me as the common lay person. Sure. Right? I'm getting this fire hydrant right. of uh, just evil that's happening within my church. Right. And there's nothing I can do about it. Is that that initial feeling and i think that's the most frustrating feeling for the the catholic men around me the christian men around me is that debilitating crippling feeling of powerlessness yes. what do i do with this because if you put a guy in front of me and i witness him harming a child or anyone innocent i'm going to destroy that person sure. right it, it's gonna the soldier's gonna come out of me but when it's an invisible enemy outside of my reach, what do I do with all those feelings? And I get what you're saying. Don't get bitter, get better. I get that, but like, take me there. Like, and, and here's what I'm gonna ask for, Monsignor troops, is first off, when you first heard the news and it right of what happened in Pennsylvania, what was that like for you internally? Like literally what went on inside of you? What were the voices inside your head that spoke to you? What was that? And then second, what was, the, what was going on on the seminary on the campus there with the voices for the men? Like how, what was that like for them initially? I get where you're at now. You've accepted yeah. it, that's not us. But take us to that pain real quick and di- let's dig into that for a second and then we'll bring it back around.
1: Sure. Uh- you know joseph my 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 first reaction you know sorrow um, for people who have been hurt by mm-hmm. men in my profession. I profess to be a Roman Catholic priest, and when one of your brothers has done something so egregious to the innocence of a child. Uh, your heart just is ripped in two. So I think that's a very real emotion, very raw emotion. Uh, My second response was, I was already a priest in 2002 uh, when Mm. the church went through this last time. And Mm. I think all of us felt like, didn't we open up the windows and the doors and the dirty laundry and how is this happening again? And so I've had to try to make sense of this emotionally because this is now the second time in my career as a priest Mm. uh, that I'm going through it. And again, this whole situation isn't about me and it's not about, it's not about protecting the good priest because our job is to build up the faith of the faithful.
0: Mm. Uh, And that's, I, I kind
1: of, I keep telling the seminarians that too. When, when people say, Oh, you know, we're so grateful you're responding. How are you doing? We need to turn that around and and look right at the people of God and say, no, how are you doing? Because we're here to support you. That's Mm. our job. So for those of us that went through 2002, and so that would be anybody over the age of 40, probably who was conscious of the news cycle. uh, The only way I've been able to make sense of this, because the church really has been, and we can't brag about (laughs) how good we're doing, but, I mean, hundreds and thousands of people every year go through safe environment training, go through background screening. So even in the uh, the 2018 Pennsylvania Grand Jury, there's only two priests of those 300 that have done anything since 2002. In other words, what we're doing is working. Now, two priests is still too many. But we made very, very strong strides. We made very strong statements. Lots of priests were removed from ministry. And we said at that time, if anyone has been hurt in any way, please come forward. We want, we want to bring healing. We want to rectify the situation. We want to help. And so what I've tried to make sense of, and I, I'm sure many of us, because I, like you, I don't, I don't have the inside scoop. I don't, have, I don't have all the answers. But what I've tried to make sense is, The only thing I can figure is that even though we said, if you've ever been hurt in any way, please come forward, many didn't. Mm. And yet we had people on the books and we knew they were there. But if they didn't come forward, we didn't automatically open up the books. Priests, many of them, most of them, had already been removed from active ministry. And at that point, we should have just published any list of any sort that we had. The mistake that we've made for far too long is we don't want to scandalize the people of God, Mm. protect the church at all costs. Mm. We now know that doesn't work. That's a failed plan uh, because whatever is in the darkness is going to come into the light. And wherever there is infection, wherever there is disease in the church within the body of Christ, it has to come out so that we can move forward. Uh, and I think that's the reality we find ourselves in. We we, we dealt with it in a very serious way in 2002. Uh, however, it wasn't as transparent as it should have been, could have been, and hindsight is always 2020. And so now we're dealing with, uh, Joseph, I just hope <laughs> we can rip the Band-Aid off all at once, because you know what? We have done wrong as an institutional church. We have uh, covered up oftentimes with a desire to do good to protect people, it mm. didn't work and it doesn't work. So, and Monsignor so too. So what is that?
0: What jury. does that look like to you specifically? Like ripping off the band aid? What does that look like?
1: Well, uh, you know, Florida is now the next one of the next eight states who's going to have a grand jury report.
0: Mm.
1: You know what? If there's to be grand jury reports in all 50, <laughs> Let's get them all going at one time. Let's not do drips and drabs of dragging up 70 years of dirty laundry and of sin and of crime, you know, over the course of five years. If it's there, if there's darkness, let's get it all into the light right now so that we can then say, okay, we're addressing it and we need to move forward. And we need to move forward as well for the sake of the victims. (laughs) You know, I, I can only imagine if, a person who has been a victim every time they hear a new news report. Mm. again, even that is like ripping open the wound again. Mm. Um, So I pray that we're able to bring whatever dirty laundry there is, whatever the problem is, let's bring it all into the light and let the light of Christ, you know, they say daylight is the best disinfectant.
0: (laughs) So (laughs) I get that
1: get everything into the daylight And let's get it all out, uh, because that's not who we are. That's not what we profess. And that doesn't define us as Catholics, as Christians. And so we need to get it all out. We need to be as transparent as possible. Uh, I know our bishops are working hard. They have a meeting coming up this month in November. Uh, I'm anxious to see what they do. Again, I have no inside knowledge other than I know they've been working hard to say, Whatever we have to do, I think a big part of that is going to be uh, accountability to the faithful, to the laity. Um, you know, I, I've heard a few, more than a few times if there had been a few mothers on one of those review boards, that priest would have never gone back into active ministry, no matter what a psychologist might have said. You know, in, in so many cases, priests were sent for, for treatment. And this is the psychological sciences have developed in the last 30, 40 years, too we were sending guys off for treatment. They were being sent back into a parish. We know now that can't happen. We know that that is a person with a sickness, with a disease that can never be put back into ministry.
0: Mm. But I think, a mother, to that. I
1: think a mother could have even said that 30 or 40 years ago.
0: Female? <laughs> Monsignor, female intuition. Uh, Every single time, it's just spot on. I don't even know. That's why I
1: have women on my faculty and formation team at the seminary, because they do. They have an insight yes. uh, that is the feminine genius that, that helps us become better men.
0: I love that you spoke to that, right? Because even when you came and spoke to the young adults here in Tampa, uh, I think that question got raised. It's, well, what happens when, you know, a uh, say so a priest is it's he's found out that he has done this evil behavior what is being done why is why is he not being ripped out of ministry charged as a criminal just like any other human being would with this sure. you know act why why is he somehow getting back in right and i think you just spoke to that that we messed up we thought that treatment would help
1: yeah
0: but and treatment may help that individual, but that doesn't mean that we have to put them back into block the environment. Ever again. Yes. Yeah, exactly. I really and get that. To, that to makes answer sense.
1: your question too, Joseph, we have been doing that since 2002 mm. as a nation, and many dioceses even prior to that. So mm. most of the allegations, even in the Pennsylvania Grand Jury Report, are from the early 70s. I mean, I think that's also, when we read these reports, we think that's like real time happening right now and that's also again that's not to dodge the issues we've done wrong but it's also not really the full picture and i and i know we have to be careful saying that because then we sound defensive and 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 i don't mean it to sound defensive i just mean it to be objective
0: i get that right and that's what i do on the show right i come out first and say, I'm a broken Catholic and former atheist. Why do I share that with my audience? To, is it a badge of honor that I was an idiot in my former life? No, it's not a badge of honor. It's a way to say, listen, I don't have this all figured out. Right. And God didn't call me for perfection. He knows I'm a broken clay vessel. But as C.S. Lewis says, he calls us to be little Jesuses, yeah. to remove ourselves of self, so that Jesus could enter in and be the perfect representative or advocate to the father of us. Because I cannot do it on my own. I'm a broken mess, right? And and these priests that have been accused and condemned of this, broken messes. We're all broken. There's not one of us who has not sinned.
1: And you know what? One of the things I remind our seminarians of all the time, and and I think I, I speak to all of our listeners today, our faith is in the person of Jesus Christ. Not in the personnel of the church, not in the Pope, not in the Cardinals, not in the bishops, not in the priests, not in the lay ministers. Our faith is in the person of Christ. And that's the whole reason the church exists is to proclaim Jesus Christ. It's the whole reason Jesus came to us was to proclaim the kingdom and to lead us back to the Father. And so we can't confuse, as I know many people it breaks our hearts when the personnel of the church let us down. But you know what? That doesn't shake my faith in Jesus Christ or the church he gave us 2,000 years ago, uh, who has been making mistakes uh, for 2,000 years. And you know, a great line is ecclesia semper reformanda, the church always reforming. Uh, the church always has to be reforming because it's filled with humans. And when we mess up and when we have messed up, Deeply and gravely, we have to repent deeply and gravely with humility. Mm. And then move forward proclaiming Jesus Christ. And that's, that's the flip side of this. We can't stop proclaiming Jesus Christ. You know, many people say, well, the church has now lost her moral voice. And you know what? It's embarrassing, yes. But we still have a job to do. Uh, we, we have to be energized for the mission. Uh, I was in the airport the day after, two days after, going to a meeting uh, in Omaha, walking through the airport, dressed like this, I was—I have to tell you—I my broken heart. I was embarrassed. I thought, "What on mm. earth is somebody going to say to me?" And you know what? I walked around, smiled at people, looked them in the eye, nodded, uh, didn't deny who I am, who I proclaim to profess to be. And you know what? The response from the people I encountered in the airport—who by no means, this isn't a church setting. Uh, more than anything was a, a sense of you know what this guy's got cojones he knows who he is he, <laughs> you got you He's got, got cojones, some yes courage walking in with that get up on but good for you because if that's who you are then be proud about who you're proclaiming to be and i think mm. the flip side the evil one wins when we bury our heads in the sand when we hang our heads in shame and we say well i'm going to no longer proclaim jesus christ because we've messed up no We've messed up. And with humility, we acknowledge it. That's it. And we proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord.
0: That's it. And, and Monsignor, too, like, I really love what you're saying right now. because, And, and I'm going to add just one thing to that, right? We don't cower and put our head in the sands. We now proclaim it even with more potency, right? right? Because now we are in a position of weakness.
1: That's and when it, the it, is it is. What's that? That's when, when I am weak it is then that he is strong absolutely
0: that's exactly it right so at my weakest point i find that i bear the most fruit yeah. and it i hate that economy right? The economy of, of God. That's what that looks like. Cause it's not my human ways. It's God's ways. And I wrestle with that because it's so counterintuitive because when I feel broken and messed up and I, you know, I, I just feel so weak or whatever. It's in those moments that when I say something so simple or subtle, it has the biggest impact for someone else.
1: No doubt about it.
0: And I love that because as a church right now, we're, we're humbled, we're broken we We have to eat that crap pie because we made mistakes, right, mm-hmm. and now, when we say something and show up at an airport dressed as a priest with our head held high, not in the sand like you did, that's powerful. people are that's not going unnoticed, right people are like wow that there's something about this person, right so that's powerful. so I want to say this um I really. The, my audience right now bc nation maybe you're still wrestling with i am angry i'm still angry i hear what you're saying monsignor Troops, but i'm angry yeah. what do i do with the anger so monsignor too so i'm going to ask for a practical human what are your top three strategies for what should i do with this anger that's inside of me right now what does that specifically look like what are my next three actions
1: <sighs> you always ask the tough questions joseph Uh, I would say number one, talk about it, you know, with a good friend, uh, with a trusted advisor, say, Hey, I just got to tell you what these emotions going on in my heart are because again, we said daylight is the best disinfectant that includes our hearts. So whenever the garbage is, is piling up, bring it into the daylight. So one, talk about it, uh, talk about it with a priest. If you want a a religious person, um, A fellow churchgoer, whatever that might be, talk about it. Two, bring it to Jesus. Not just Mm -hmm. talk about it to a a brother, sister, Christian, Catholic, whatever, but relate it to Christ. Talk to Jesus about it. Jesus, my heart is so broken. Now, we can only have a broken heart if we love. (laughs) So there's obviously something there. My heart is broken because I love Jesus, because I, I love the, the church or the institution, or uh, even if I'm not Catholic, I love the fact that the, the church means something in the, in the world. And so when she has messed up so deeply, I'm, I'm heartbroken. I'm angry. Put all that into the heart of Christ. I know that sounds simplistic. I know that might sound pietistic, uh, but you know what? If, it, if it's so simple, then just do it, uh, because it really is the Point of integration for us taking our broken hearts placing them in the wounded heart of Christ and then number three uh, be a part of the solution uh, the church is not the Pope not only I should say the Pope the Cardinals, the Bishops, the priests. the church is all of us so if you're angry at the church you're a part of it <laughs> so be a part of the solution what can I do to make a difference in the world. I'm going to get involved. Uh, I want to say that's not my church. Uh, I want to support my, my priest who isn't one of that 4 to 6% who has messed up. Uh, I, want, I want to be involved in, in youth ministry and show that uh, we have to reach out to our young people in love uh, and lead them to Jesus Christ. Get involved. So talk, pray, and get involved.
0: You know, I'm on senior too, so I put you on the spot there, right? And that... That's what I'm used to. <laughs> yes, I get that. I get that, right? And you're right. I, I am known for asking the tough questions because if we're not asking the right questions, it's all noise, right? So thank you for showing up with that. Those were three practical solutions. And I really get that. Uh, I was sitting with a buddy of mine and uh, he came over to me after mass on a Sunday and he was like, uh, we just caught up. I'm like, how are you? And he's like, I'm angry right now. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what are you about what? He goes, Are you kidding? Like, look at what's going on in our church, right? And he just unloaded and just dumped, like emotionally vomited on me. And I was like, let me take you to breakfast. And we walked across the street and I took him a breakfast and we talked about it. And I let him vent and everything like that. And I remember I one of the things I said was exactly what you just said. Mm-hmm. And I love that confirmation there. I said, be a part of the solution. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't solve what happened in Pennsylvania, but you better believe you can stand up and make sure that never happens here in Tampa again. Like, what does that look like? They say, you see something, say something. That's exactly it. Right. And it came to mind um, C.S. Lewis when he's asked, you know, what's wrong with the church? He's like, I'm what's wrong with the church. Right. And I think if we all answer that, I am what's wrong with the church. And that means simply what Monsignor Toops is saying, Broken Catholic Nation, is if you are angry and it's a righteous anger and you're justified in that anger, then what you should do with that is take action. Step in. Because if you're not willing to take action and you just want to complain and and yell at people and point the finger and judge, then you're a hypocrite. You're sitting in the stands, but you won't get on the court. And right now, we're at a place in our church, I believe we need real men, real women to get on the court. That's what the rest of the world is looking for true witnesses of Christ that are living authentic Catholic and Christian lives. Monsignor Toops, what shows up for you in that? And then we'll wrap this up. Did I freeze up?
1: No, repeat that question, Joseph, at last.
0: I said, what shows up for you, if anything, in, in that? Anything you want to add to that?
1: Um, you know, if you watched the movie Spotlight, uh, I'm sure some of your your viewers have. Spotlight chronicles 2002 and what we went through uh, as a church and, and kind of as as it unfolded in Boston. wasn't 100% accurate, but you know what? Pretty close. I mean, it was pretty pretty you know, detailing the fact that there were multiple layers. And in a sense, everybody was protecting the priest. Mm. Father would get brought into the jail and, uh, you know, the the chief of police would say, hey, you know what, Uh, Monsignor's a little too drunk tonight. I think you should come and pick him up. You know, no, slap his ass in jail. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? Too many people have tried to protect the church from bad ministers.
0: Mm. It's like coddling a child, rather than let them learn the lesson.
1: Priests are not children. They are grown men who have been called to an extraordinary vocation by Jesus Christ. And if they fall short, there are repercussions. And that means not just the bishops holding them accountable, it means the people of God hold us accountable and call us to uh, a higher vocation in Christ.
0: Amen to that. All right, so let's do a quick recap here. We have Monsignor David Tupes. You can find him at SVDP. That's S-V as in Veronica, D as in dog, P as in paul.com. dot com. Nope. And
1: the... E-D-U, education.
0: E-D-U. Why did I do that? Thank you. I am a broken Catholic. <laughs> there is evidence right there. That's my brokenness. Um, and, you know, Monsignor Tubes says with the, the stuff that's happening in the church right now, right. That has happened over 30 years, but it's being highlighted in the media and everything. First, the first feeling he had when he heard the news was sorrow, just sorrow for his brother priest, right? Sorrow for the body of Christ. And then the second feeling, yeah, most he had,
1: importantly, sorrow for the
0: victims, not 100%. Thank you. No. Sorrow for the victims. Uh, the second feeling he had was how is this happening again? Like we just went through this to two thousand and two. How is this happening again? And it happened again because we made mistakes again, right? And we learn lessons. So I love this, right? He says our faith is in the person of Jesus. It is not in the personnel of the church. Remember that we are all broken humans. You are broken. I am broken. Monsignor Tubes is broken, and so are all those Catholic brothers and sisters. We're all broken. And when one of us hurts one another, we hurt each other, right? So just remember we're part of that. And then what are the top three things you should do with your anger right now or bitterness, that righteous anger of, you know, all the, for all the victims in the church right now? Top three things Monsignor Tube says is number one, talk about it. Get it out in the open, your feelings, your heart, share, share that with people. Talk with your godly friends in your inner circle about the anger and the emotions you're wrestling with. Number two, bring it to Jesus himself and talk about it with God. And I'm I'm just going to expand on that. Surrender it and leave it with Jesus at the foot of the cross. And don't you dare take it back. It doesn't belong to you, all those feelings of anger and everything.
1: And when they come back, you bring it to the daily holy hour, Joseph, as you well know, because that doesn't mean once i deal with it once it's gone no that's an ongoing process of surrender into the heart of christ the daily amen. holy hour is the perfect place where we place it into the heart of christ
0: amen to that and Monsignor senior troops you know i have a private facebook group called daily holy hour right and you just you know literally that. yeah okay thank you okay god <laughs> yeah so if you need to get close with the lord and spend an hour a day with him and you want to let go of this anger and this pain Go check out that group on Facebook. I do a Facebook live every day and I will show you how to leave that with Jesus so that it doesn't poison you like a cancer in your heart. And then step number three, top strategy on saying your tube says, be a part of the solution. Don't just be part of the noise and the condemnation. Don't be one of the people in that parable story, you know, where they all pick up the stones to stone the woman, right? The prostitute. Right? Be a part of the solution. You have sin, I have sin, we all have sin. Now do something about it in your local city, in your local community. Join your diocese, be part of the solution, and, and support. How do we make sure this never happens again in my house? Right? That's, right. That's what that looks like. Monsignor Tubes, we're going to wrap it up with my favorite part of the show. Please don't take any disrespect here. I call it the confession round. <laughs> okay. And in the confession round, um, I'm going to ask now you. 12, I'm nervous. Yeah, I'm going to ask you 12 quick, quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. It's just for fun. Don't overthink it. Are you ready? I think so. Okay, Monsignor, two. Do so I get a your, prize? Uh, you get a prize of just being fully transparent and open <laughs> with everyone. What is your favorite sound? Water. I love it. What's your least favorite sound? Ah. Uh, Buzzers. Got it. What are you most afraid of?
1: Uh, Snakes.
0: What did you spend way too much time doing in your 20s?
1: Uh, (laughs) Well, remember, I went into the seminary at age 20. Uh,
0: In your teens.
1: Before that, I would have said drinking.
0: Got it. What secret fear do you have about people?
1: Ooh, secret fear about people.
0: We all have it. Uh,
1: that they won't stop talking.
0: <laughs> <laughs> With that, BC Nation, I got to wrap this show up here. All right. <laughs> Monsignor Tuse, what do you wish you had learned sooner about God? Ooh, that I'm a beloved son. Amen to that. What do you wish you were better at? uh More time to read. Mm-hmm. What dream are you secretly scared of pursuing?
1: Ah, oh, dream. Gosh, you know what? I'm living the dream, brother.
0: Is there any part of it that you're a little scared to pursue?
1: I'm I'm his on a daily basis.
0: Love it. What's a new habit you want to form?
1: Uh, I'll go back to reading. I have more time for reading.
0: Got it. What's a <laughs> I bad? Run, habit? I
1: run a graduate school, and ironically, the rector, the, the president, <laughs> of the doesn't have enough time to read.
0: Wow, this really is a confession. Thank you. Yeah. What What's a bad habit you want to break?
1: Ooh, uh, gossip.
0: Mm, Got that. Hey, welcome to humanity, right? (laughs) Pick pick three words to describe who you are right now.
1: Uh, Joyful, loved, and open.
0: Pick three words to describe who you were before you experienced God in your life.
1: Mm. Hmm. Searching. uh, Desirous. Mm. And uh, boy, that's a long time ago. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Uh, uh, fake.
0: Fake. Oh, I, I get that. Wearing the mask. Yeah. That was a yes. mic drop. Mic drop. Boom. And last question, Monsignor Troops, if you could come back to life after you died and tell your family, I, I'm going to. I know but I mean, come back to earth. That's a better, thank you. You're the first one to ever call me out on that. Okay. So if you could come back to earth after you died and tell your family and friends, look them in the eye and tell them only one piece of advice, what would you say to them?
1: It's all real. Love it.
0: The other side, it's all all real. Come home. Okay, any final wisdom? What's the one thing you want my listener to know about having a relationship with God versus not?
1: Uh, You know what? It's the path to freedom. Uh, It's the path to joy. Uh, All those anxieties of our daily life when they're surrendered into uh, the heart of Christ are then given to the one who says, come to me, all you who are burdened. My yoke is easy and light, come to me. So Jesus wants us to turn to him.
0: Love it. And Monsignor, too, so what's the best way for BC Nation to get in touch with you if they choose?
1: Uh, certainly, they could go to our seminary website. You've already announced that, sbdp.edu. Or call Joseph Warren, and he knows where I live in Boynton Beach, Florida.
0: And I have your cell phone. so <laughs> uh, Now there's some leverage there. Okay, no. I would never cross that line. <laughs> Monsignor Tupes, thank you for your time. Thank you for joining us today and for literally contributing your life to the church, to the body of Christ, and to your creator. I wish you the blessings of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
1: Amen. Privileged to be with you.
0: BC Nation, you cannot show up authentically in your life without building faith in your business.